to our podcast in Mindsight, where we talk about thought-provoking ideas and concepts that we stumbled upon on our self-improvement journey, man. Um, as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Yasin. I'm Elias, and let's dive right into this week's uh, episode's topic, man, which is intuition. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Why, why, why exactly that topic again? <laughs> I think, wasn't it last episode where we yeah. discussed journaling and stuff? And I mm. was trying to argue that I, I approach it very intuitively and I don't have a strict system for it and kind of stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, and then we were <laughs> like, let's, let's just do an episode on intu intuition because I feel like we have very different personal opinions on it. And how we mm. use it in our daily lives. So, yeah, man. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, what, what does intuition feel like for you? What does it consist of? How would you describe it <sighs> yourself? That's a very, very difficult question. And it's, it most let's see whether we can is. get closer to to its core maybe well okay <laughs> i'll try let's see um well i think one part of intuition definitely is to it's those situations where you make decisions that don't necessarily make sense to anybody else but you mm -hmm. and its arguments you know the arguments for that decision are very hard to track rationally You know, it's it's making perfect yeah. sense to you and you feel like it's the most obvious decision to make. But for some reason, everybody yeah. else just looks at you like you're crazy. <laughs> I think that's hmm. that's one aspect of it yeah, that that's, has happened quite frequently. I, good point, good point. But I don't think that it's necessary that it has to make sense to you as well. True. Like... Your intuition doesn't have to make sense to you. You can still have like, okay, let's let's drop this um, this concept now. Your your intuition can be like a gut feeling that has nothing to do with uh, rationality or right um, anything thing like that. So it doesn't even have to make sense to you if you have like the feeling of taking that certain decision. Right, but it doesn't always make sense to you either. That's true. But I think most of the time, for some reason you just trust it. You just feel like, yeah, I don't know yeah. where it comes from or why I'm inclined to make that particular decision. <laughs> but for some reason, I feel like it's the best decision to make right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'd, I'd sign that. Um, but where, where does that... Where does that feeling come from? Or that, that convincement of of this is the right action how how does our brain know or how divine intervention where does intuition yes. come from man? divine intervention you have to believe <laughs> obviously <laughs> well i mean the conspiracy theory now huh? <laughs> <laughs> sure i mean yeah. i'm i'm sure there are many different let's say arguments for what intuition is or where it comes from actually but Let's, if you approach it from a more psychological perspective, let's say, um, mm -hmm. I think there, as we all know, there are probably like two parts of your thought 
processes, one being the conscious part and one being the unconscious part. And I would definitely say that kind of your instincts, your gut feelings, your intuition are all part of the unconscious mind. And it's very hard to track down where it exactly yep. comes from and what the reasoning behind it is and why we suddenly feel like making a decision that maybe rationally seems stupid. Mm, but that's probably how I I tend to think about it. Conscious versus unconscious. Mm -hmm. Do you no. agree? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not that deep into psychology, I have to say. I, I, have, have you learned about that already? No, like I just read an article. Neuroscience and decision taking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, sure, sure. Yesterday, um, I actually had a... Oh, man. I don't know whether I want to open that barrel right now and bring that discussion up again. But... Um, Yesterday, uh, let's let's just do it, man. I, I think we can we can get value from it, man. Um, the question yesterday, uh, which or the discussion I had yesterday with a good friend of mine, which lasted until one a.m. in the morning, <laughs> um, it was very psychological, um, neuroscience and stuff. The question was. Um, Okay, well, first of all, okay, let's let's get um, acquainted to a certain model of how we perceive um, information and how emotions and stuff form. N namely, first of all, we have stuff that happens in our environment. And uh, one model would now say that, okay, we have certain judgments or we make certain judgments in ourselves due to our background, how we were brought up and stuff um, and from those judgments we we get emotions um, like our emotions are dependent on our judgments uh, which judge about the environment and um, <laughs> there um, it is funny or it is um important as as far as we, as we established um it is important to distinguish between feelings and emotions because now uh, in our brain there are like as far as I, I as far as i understood it with my limited knowledge of um biology um in our brain we have like our prefrontal cortex which is like the the rational decision maker which we associate with our content uh, with our consciousness and there are like subcortical structures that are more acting on on yeah instincts basically every animal has them as well um and we kind of established in our discussion okay man it must be like the subcortical structures that give you certain feelings, man. Okay, there's like a, a an angry dog running at you, and your subcortical structures, your instincts. Okay, they give you the feeling of, or they they give you the feeling of, um. Well, yeah, they give you a certain bodily feeling, namely, uh, you you get into an adrenaline rush, uh, tension and stuff um, happens, but. Um, 
like in the first instance maybe um but your cortical your your prefrontal cortex your consciousness can override it and give that a certain judgment okay uh, maybe you're good with dogs and you know how to deal with them and the angry dog running at you is no problem so um it you can override your subcortical um judgments that create a certain feeling first of all and you are therefore in charge of your emotions <laughs> right yeah that was a long monologue about that now um and why do i bring why do i bring it up um i think with intuition it's maybe more or less of of the same thing man um just as you said we have like those unconscious things going on in our subcortical structures like our instincts maybe um and we have all the conscious uh, stuff going on where we need to invest energy and and uh, <laughs> and focus to to come up with, with with a conclusion and i think like intuition might be yeah might might be the the unconscious there as well right <clears throat> and i'm no psychologist or neuroscientist i just tried to recap or bring that into like a more scientific biological sense thing and i maybe every psychologist out there might be like thinking oh man that that guy he's 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 telling so much bullshit <laughs> nah man no worries yeah <clears throat> nobody's gonna hang you for it yeah it's okay um okay sure so basically we kind of agree that intuition probably comes more from the subconscious unconscious parts of our brain whatever that yep. means okay yeah i think what i noticed in your little monologue is that yes you kind of used instinct and intuition or instinct gut as feeling and intuition synonym. as a synonym yeah i think it's quite yeah, important to to differentiate and actually when i was researching a bit about the topic was the first time where i was confronted with a definition for all three of them because i too in my day-to-day -day life i would use gut feeling and instinct and intuition synonymously mm. but apparently there's quite a big difference so let's define oh, stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right so instinct instinct apparently is our innate inclination toward a particular behavior as opposed to a learned response so maybe in the example of a wild dog running towards man, so, you sorry break it down in easier language again man sorry <laughs> okay so i, I i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give an example so let's say there's a wild dog running towards you your instinct probably is to run away or to defend yourself mm. in some kind of manner that's your instinct that's your inclination towards that particular behavior and yep. as you said you can override that by a learned response so if you have learned to deal with mm. wild dogs because your grandpa was in the circus or whatever <laughs> then mm. you can override that instinct that innate inclination and use your learned response to deal with the situation. That's basically instinct. So far, yeah. so good? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. Then we have gut feeling, or also called a hunch, which is a sensation that appears 
quickly in consciousness without us being fully aware of the underlying reasons for its occurrence. Okay, I'm just reading the definition. So basically, mm. the idea is that it's just, usually it's a, let's say, more emotional response to a certain situation or before making a decision that you don't really know where it's coming from. And I kind of used that in the beginning of the episode to define intuition. Uh, but really, it's more gut feeling than it is intuition. If you just have a feeling that a particular decision is the right decision to take, but you don't really know where it comes from and what the underlying reasoning is, then it probably is gut feeling rather than intuition. Okay, man, yeah, the dog looks dangerous, but um, he might, he might, he might be happy if I like stretch out my hand to him and he can he can sniff for stuff. I just said already too much over over thinking it already. Hmm. Wait, I can you repeat the last ten seconds again because connection. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Like, okay, you have the gut feeling, man. That dog actually could be very nice. Um, because mm, because maybe yeah you've you've dealt with dogs a lot of times and now you subconsciously know the pattern of a dog being nice or not and just acting angrily because he is unsure or whatever and therefore you spontaneously get the feeling okay man that dog he will probably be nice yeah yeah, I think so. <laughs> Although I now realize how blurred the lines actually are between, mm. especially between gut feeling and intuition, as we're going to see now. We're trying okay, it's to... not the same as intuition, man. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's not exactly <laughs> the same, but it's very blurred because intuition basically is the, gr uh, the bridge between instinct and reason, or let's say instinct and the conscious mind or the conscious mm. reasoning process. Um, but so, a gut, before we get to that, a gut feeling refers to a f actually a feeling. Yeah, it's like a. I think the word hunch is actually bad because I feel like hunch kind of describes that momentary feeling you're feeling in a particular situation and you don't really mm -hmm. understand where it's coming. Let's say, for example, you're meeting new people and for some reason, one of the people just seems very untrustworthy and uh, you feel like mm -hmm. that person might be dangerous in some kind of way and you don't really know okay, where it's you, coming from you, you have a certain you have a certain emotion like yeah uh, uneasiness yeah i would say so it, it, i mean not necessarily mm -hmm. uneasiness it can also be something positive obviously but yeah, yeah. sure 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 as an example yeah right and and it can be combined with bodily feelings like like tension then all right absolutely and then intuition as i said is kind of the br the bridge between instinct and reason which kind of you know intuition is kind of the process that gives us the ability to know something directly without analytic reasoning without activating our consciousness let's say we just have we just think we know something even though there is no evidence for you know any argumentation behind it. Let's say, for example, mm -hmm. there's someone after your A-levels, let's say you suddenly feel the urge to go and travel through 
Canada, I don't know, take a road mm -hmm. trip. And I mean, the start of that thought might be a gut feeling. You just feel like maybe you you want to get out of your country. You want to take a road trip. But your intuition is kind of bridging that gap between the unconscious and the conscious. And it's telling you, no, um, it's the right decision to take. And it's going to be the best time of your life. And you're going to mature mm -hmm. so much and all of that. Although there's actually no rational reasoning behind why you believe that and yeah I, at least again at least that's how i understand it i hope i hope i'm right i hope i'm not messing mm -hmm. definitions up here but that's basically how it's said on the article so yeah but even even if i think we we're, we're we're getting closer to the concept right closer than we were before <laughs> um for sure yeah when hmm. what would there's also this concept of mathematical intuition obviously as a physicist you need that um i i guess looking at the equation two plus two uh what does that equal for i'm i might even say that's already also an, an intuition because it's like deeply deeply anchored in us right um you already instantly know the results like without without investing um any any more mental efforts right yeah i think so i think intuition is also very much based on pattern recognition recognition mm -hmm. and therefore yes yeah it mm, makes yeah. sense makes sense i mean if i see two plus two or ten plus five or whatever I don't think I activate my prefrontal cortex as as much because it's just <laughs> a learned response, and it's just something that or the derivative of the path integral over exactly <laughs> sure. I mean, I can I can do that in my sleep easily. <laughs> mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, sure. So pattern recognition probably that's what it is, and that's actually also something I noticed. Let's let's get a bit more personal. That's something I notice about me when it yes. comes to meeting new people, especially. I feel like I have certain I have developed certain patterns of people. So there, therefore, if I meet someone new, I and that person displays certain patterns, I feel like I already know that person and I already know how that person is gonna act in certain situations. And that's not always so positive because I feel like I know that person. Therefore, I don't have to spend any time really knowing them because there's this pattern in my head and they fit into a certain <laughs> category of people, let's say. Oh, 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 yeah, and therefore, yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I already know everything about that person. There's no need for me to actually get to know them. And that has been quite an issue in the past. And I've been working on that quite a lot. But mm. yeah, man, it's hard because you feel like, why would I, why would I introduce myself to that? Or, or why would I invest my time and energy into knowing that person on a more deeper level if I feel like I already know them? And if my intuition says that I already can predict their every move and so on and so forth. Hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, there is... I mean, there is obviously the basic rule that you also heard of. Uh, always assume that you can learn something from from that stranger. Mm. 
but in that sense, intuition might. I mix. What I'm doing right now is very dangerous. I'm mixing up different um, words with each other uh, or taking them as a synonym. Um, but what intuition might be seen like in this uh, situation is um, as an emotion. And as rational as you might be, <laughs> it's difficult to overwrite your emotions. Hmm. Right. Has, has that ever led to some negative experiences for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the list is actually quite long. <laughs> it comes oh, to... you're, you're keeping a list already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a mental list. It has... Yeah. It has affected quite a few um, interpersonal relationships with people. Let's put it that mm -hmm. way. And some of them I was able to solve by, you know, not listening to my intuition and opening myself up to getting to actually know them and to being known. But to be honest, for with most people the whatever relationship was left between us two was kind of lost over time because mm -hmm. i was i wasn't opening up because probably i subconsciously felt like that person has to know me by my patterns because i know them by their pattern patterns and therefore there's no reason to explicitly state what i'm feeling and what i'm thinking and who i am and all of that um which ob obviously is very wrong and isn't the way to mm, to create relationships with other people but yeah that's just the reality of it so yeah relationships have suffered quite a lot because of that mm -hmm. how how do you go on dealing with it <sighs> well you're thinking about it at the moment <laughs> yeah we, we we're talking we've talked about that i think on the podcast quite a bit that i've just yeah. learned i've just learned to, to, open, to up open up yeah okay and yeah. to be more vulnerable <laughs> and all of that because yeah. i think there was a quote uh, i mean related to love but whatever i, I just take it um if you want to be loved <laughs> then you have to be okay with being known or something like that mm. and yeah i've kind of realized that i expected people to know me without me explicitly stating what I think and feel just because mm -hmm. I felt like I was able to do that to other people, which obviously isn't true. And yeah, man, by being more honest with myself, first of all, and more honest with people around me, I think I've kind of, I I'm kind of learning to be more vulnerable and to create, let's say, more meaningful relationships. Nice. Yeah, I guess definitely monitor that and bring it. We certainly will bring it up in a future episode again, and let's let's see how it how it develops. Yeah, man. But what what about you? Would you say you have that? automatic pattern recognition when it comes to meeting people and feeling you know everything about them just because they have certain behaviors or are you more mature <laughs> than okay that? man before <laughs> i before before we get into that i think we i'd first of all 
I'd first of all like to introduce, um, again, we already talked about it a bit, but the book uh, Thinking Fast and Slow and um, its 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 take on Daniel Kahneman's take on um, that whole intuition reason spiel. Um, because then <laughs> it is better understandable what I think about it. Um, sure. In my case. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, basically, what we did right now, like dividing it up into conscious actions and unconscious um, actions, you can more or less see them as, as two systems. Um, system one and system two. System one is like fast and intuitive and automatic, but also very biased. Um, as we just experienced. Uh, and system two is like the slow and reasonable and uh, really conscious um, overthinking part of the brain. Now, um, as everything in universe uh, strives to the lowest state of energy, we don't really want to think about stuff. <laughs> I mean, that reason was it just that's not right but um like our brain i mean we know it from ourselves we don't like to uh, do calculus free exams <laughs> <laughs> right um because it takes a lot of energy and therefore um yeah we often let system one uh, take our take our decisions from us which um Often times it works very well because evolution and millions of years they deformed our brain and um, to to take to recognize patterns um, effectively. But the problem is if things outside of these patterns are happening, then we can't apply. Then 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 applying as then applying the or matching the certain patterns that we think they are to. A concept that doesn't fit them um, will lead to a lot of, um, yeah, wrong, wrong answers, wrong decisions and stuff. And now the goal of uh, Daniel Kahneman or his psychology research, I'd say, um, was to identify many of these um, biases that our system one takes and yeah, and then to like give us <laughs> tools to deal with them, more or less, maybe. Um, as as a good example, um, we can play a little game right now, and it depends on whether you already heard it or not, whether you will be able to solve it. Um, but try to answer as as quick as possible. Okay, it's a little okay. math riddle, math riddle, math. Oh God. Okay. A baseball and a baseball bat together cost $1.10. The baseball bat costs $1 more than... No, the baseball bat costs $1 more than the baseball ball. Um, how much does the baseball ball cost? Well, okay, the intuition would say $0.10, cents, but I'm guessing that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but did you actually, like, think $0.10 cents right now? Well, that, that was my first response. But I think on further investigation... What would it be? It would actually be wait, ah shit, one one dollar ten cents in total, and the bat is one dollar more than yeah. the ball. No man, I'm stupid. I have no idea. 
No, ten, I, I don't know. <laughs> Give me the solution. <laughs> Basic systems of equations. Yeah, um, the the ball costs five cents, and the bat costs one dollar more, so one dollar and five cents, and sure. together they cost one dollar and ten cents. Yeah. Uh, that's embarrassing. I wish we could. No, cut no, that no out, worries. No, leave, that's leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries, man. No worries. But that's a good example where. Our, our maths intuition, for example, is uh, very much failing us. Yeah. Um, man, if, if you want, we can play another game. <laughs> You're just another trying to game. embarrass me on here. <laughs> yeah. Sure, go ahead. Okay, okay. I give you a number sequence. Okay. And you... Uh, and this number sequence follows a certain rule. And now you can give me further number sequences of, of four numbers um, to find out what that underlying rule is. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. Okay, so my number sequence is one, two, four, eight. Well, my intuition would say we just double the numbers and therefore we would say 8, 16, 32, 64, 128. That would also be a sequence that follows uh, my underlying rule. But you can go, now go on, give me, more, give me more sequences. You have to find out what my underlying rule is. <laughs> well, isn't it just the previous number times 2? So it's 1 times 2 is 2, 2 times 2 is 4, 4 times 2 is 8, 8 times 2 is 16, 16 times 2 is 32, and so on. That so would forth. be numbers that, that follow my sequence, uh, my, my underlying rule, yes. Okay, so what's, For what's my task? <laughs> I think I just didn't understand. You, you have to find out um, the underlying rule for, yeah, for, for certain number sequences, which I... Uh, consider to follow my rule or not to follow my rule and what the numbers that you said they um, for example follow my rule right well I but said they're not all the number sequences that follow my rule <laughs> okay but okay I said earlier that I think the rule is just the previous number times two but that is not my rule that's not the rule no okay <laughs> damn it um, give, give me more numbers and I can tell you whether they fit my rule or not. Okay. Dude, I have an idea. One. Just, just try it out, man. <laughs> okay. Other rule and you have to and you have to think about uh, how you can get information out of me <laughs> maybe as a as a tip. God. maybe just try out another number sequence other numbers okay whatever I'm just going random um 12 24 48 uh whatever comes after that 96. That would also be a sequence that follows my rule. <laughs> okay. 
Why yeah. do I have the feeling that there isn't an actual rule and you just keep saying there, that? There, there is an actual rule. Okay. And now you have to probe me intelligently to find out that rule. Okay. 11, 13, 15, 17, 19. That follows my rule. Okay. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> that follows my rule. Right. Um, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That doesn't follow my rule. Right. Okay. So it's just the next number has to be bigger than the previous number. Exactly. Ah! Yeah, it has to be ascending. Damn um, it. You, <laughs> no worries. No worries, man. <laughs> um, that was also like some some kind of... Um, I, I, I tricked you at the beginning in the sense of I was priming you on only thinking about ascending numbers. Um, right. Yeah. And therefore, you only gave me sequences of ascending numbers in the beginning. But I have to actually say you figured that out quite quickly compared to other people. Okay, that's interesting. So, so props to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Gosh, the spotlight was on me. Yeah, no, no worries, man. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> right. But mm. that also would also be an example, man. And yeah. Now, now I'd say we can only trust our intuition or our system one in regular environments as what we can take take away from here, man. Right. Um, so, now, um, your question was, how, how does intuition work for me with, with other people? Yeah, pattern recognition, basically. Pattern recognition. Um... That's a good question, and um, man, 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 man. Okay, <laughs> that's. I honestly haven't paid too many thoughts to that yet. I guess also for me, um, first of all, I also tend to throw people into different drawers first by their, the first impression I have from them. Um, therefore, I, I, yeah, I guess that throwing people into drawer is in, drawers is intuition, right? Yeah. More or less. Probably. So it's a negative, ne negative kind of intuition. So I guess I tend to also do that. I'm always thinking, man, my time is is too precious i only have to i should only spend it with valuable people not in the sense of <laughs> okay man you can you can um get less value to me if you are i don't know only coming to me with your problems <laughs> that that's not the case um but well yeah, usually Bats denies whatever said before. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not in this case, though. I, I guess I only applied it more to people I don't know that much yet because um, I'm not sure yet whether I'm willing to invest the time to get to a deep conversational level um, because of all that stupid small talk stuff that has to happen before and maybe knowing each other for several years already <laughs> or months so i usually also follow follow my intuition there and i usually hmm 
at least it feels like it. Usually I can I can notice when people are people that I can get along with well or whether they are very selfish or only thinking about their own success or uh yeah labels in that sense <laughs> right um which is obviously not good i have been proven wrong so many times <laughs> that's actually what i wanted to ask because the problem with me was that i usually felt like my intuition was right with people i mm. i thought to myself well I wanted to believe that I haven't been proven wrong enough times to not listen to my intuition. And yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. How, how was it for you? So you have been proven wrong quite a few times with people. Yes. And now it's difficult to bring up instances of that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, Don't have um... to. Yeah, man, oftentimes, um, as an example, I assume that people I know from a business context, um, they are not very reflected about what they're doing. They are just like, okay, I need to hustle and man, that will bring me <laughs> status and stuff. And in that case, I have, I have recently been proven very, very wrong. <laughs> Um, in a case where I assumed that about a person and yeah, obviously no, no, no names and stuff <laughs> for the details. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, that, that would be, that, that would be a case. So I guess intuition is often playing a negative role there for me. Absolutely. And other than that, I usually tend to think, man, um, I'm not following my intuition. I'm only acting rational. <laughs> um, I very much like to be in control. And um, therefore, I tend to think that I hardly rely on my intuition at all. But that that's wrong, man. Um, because then I'd be thinking with um, system two, like all of the time which I'm not because I'm also just human and I'm biased uh, with system one and I rely on fast and intuitive thinking <laughs> because I'm, I cannot reflect about everything the whole day. Yeah. Um, so that is usually a very wrong concept. People tend to have about themselves that they are very rational because actually the majority of their day is filled with intuitive behavior or with learned patterns and stuff. Um, there it really makes sense to... I mean, it's a great book, Thinking Fast and Slow. I can only recommend to read it. It will show you so many, so many areas in your life where you're like, oh shit, man. Actually, I'm underlying the same bias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm... Yeah, actually, the the question about how you use 
your intuis- intuition is also usually uh, uh, system one uh, kind of thing. Because system one will then... Um, what usually happens is you come up with a, a certain instance of where you think you have applied your intuition. And system one automatically switches the question from, okay, do I use my intuition um, often or correctly to, okay, do I use my intuition did I use my intuition correctly in this single case? And you will take that answer as an answer for for all of your intuition. <laughs> like right. you substitute questions for easier questions because then you don't have to think that that hard about it. Then you don't have to pay attention to all the different thousands factors so thousands of factors that play into into the game. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm maybe I'm jumping around a bit, but I, I just remembered from the article from psychology today there mm. was a a summary of a study done where they interviewed people very very successful people in different areas dentists uh, doctors business people all types of people and usually people who you know, you, you would say they have to use a lot of system two thinking. They have to be very rational and very analytic Mm -hmm. in the way they make decisions. But actually what they found is that I think 85% or so of the people, whether in business or in doctors, dentists, whatever, when approached with a difficult new situation, they employ much more intuition than they apply analytical analytical thinking. And... Mm -hmm. I mean, we can see, we usually call that experience, you know, we call, oh, he has experience, yeah. he's been a doctor for 20 years, or he's been in business for 20 years, he knows what's, what he's doing. But nobody can really, nobody, nobody can really pinpoint what it is that makes that person good with making difficult decisions. Because it's just experience, mm-hmm. you know. But I think experience pattern in that case... recognition, right? Exactly. I think experience in that case really is just pattern recognition or intuition. Um yeah, I, I think it is intuition in that case. And I've actually seen that quite a lot with myself, with things I've been doing for a lot of years. For example, playing piano, violin or stuff. I mm. feel like a lot of things I can't really explain. And I remember when you were first starting to learn the piano, you were asking me certain <laughs> questions. I, in the first instance, I had no idea how to answer them because I felt like it was such a such a intuitive process for me mm-hmm. and i actually had to look <laughs> up the answers and try to formulate it because in my mind it, it made perfect sense for me mm-hmm. but i didn't know how to explain to somebody else how it works <laughs> and i think that's basically yeah. the same with every that's the task of ever. a good scientist as well communicate what they are so intuitive about <laughs> right wasn't yeah. didn't you didn't you say i think it was when your semester started last year we were saying that you know a lot of your professors they're amazing scientists and they've done amazing research but when it comes to explaining what they've actually done yes it's terrible because for them it's obvious it still is (laughs) right i think that's exactly i mean obviously obviously part of that um if students it might always be associated with oh i don't want to put the work into there why can't i just get the knowledge (laughs) (laughs) 
transfer the knowledge from your to my brain. Where's the USB stick? Um, <laughs> Where's Elon Musk? Obviously, that you always have to consider that. But in general, yeah, professor, many professors are very, very awesome scientists. But explaining stuff, there, they can't put things into words um, yeah. easily. There is super nice examples of how explaining is done right on all those educational YouTube channels out of there, also for difficult maths concepts with drawings, with uh, nice metaphors and stuff. But they, some some of my professors can't manage that, which is also totally understandable if you have to hold like two lectures uh, a week, which take like uh, three to four hours combined. Um, it's hard to prepare like a solid concept for that much stuff you have to push through. Sure. And I mean, most of them probably are focused on their scientific research and probably giving yes, lectures. Yes, at the University of Excellence, obviously. You know. Nobody focuses on students. <laughs> no, man, I think... That's excellence. Dropout rates of 40% or stuff. 40%? Mm. Yeah. For physics or, like physics or in general? That's like physics, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, but I think if they focus on their or scientific more, research and all of that, it's understandable that they probably... Probably giving lectures is not their priority, let's say. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and therefore they don't... Therefore they probably just subconsciously expect you to, again, intuitively understand what they deem as being yep. obvious. And yeah, man, I, I've seen that with myself in certain situations, but probably more now that I'm at university, I see that. I see professors who are clearly very good at what they do. And you, you, you mm -hmm. can tell that they are, they have vast knowledge in their area. But when it comes to giving lectures and explaining the stuff, quite a few, not most of them, but quite a few of them seem to really struggle putting into words what they so intuitively know yeah man I, the the greatest problem probably is um they've been working with that mathematical concept or whatever for already 20 30 years they are so used to it that yeah. they can't see where a person might have a problem or might struggle with that concept right so that's why um fellow students of yours which are also taking the same course they are much better at explaining a concept because they know how it feels to just learn that concept and where you might uh, where there might be different fields of struggle yeah they know how it feels to be a beginner <laughs> they know what yeah. a beginner struggles with and what needs more yeah they're like much closer to just having learned that concept yeah. and going through maybe the same questions or problems as you have absolutely yeah. um there was, <laughs> so much about that <laughs> yeah there was a question i had right so um because we kind of talked about intuition of that and how mm. it's defined and how we kind of used it in the past and how it caused some negative side effects, let's say. Yeah. But would oh, you... positive side effects. And some positive ones. <laughs> yeah. But before that, would you say that... What was my question? Wait. 
Where is uh, it? Uh, wait, wait, no wait, worries, wait. No worries. I'm having. I lost my thought, but I'm regaining it now. Be the processor, not the hard drive. Right. right. Okay, <laughs> I have it. So, d- would you say that in, especially in today's society, relying on, not all the time, but in some cases, relying on intuition has kind of become frowned upon and has become subject of culture prejudice. Definitely. I mean, emotions and irrationality in general are framed as a very negative thing. I mean, even the words themselves are get are have, having that negative uh, feeling more or less attached to it, right? Like irrationality, man. No, yeah. yikes. Can't do that. Um, <laughs> right. Because humans, we all want to be in control and we want to um, function perfectly and we want to output and we need certain structures for that and everything needs to fit a certain model. Um, and intuition or emotionality it doesn't fit that it it doesn't really fit models yeah or models can't describe it fully there are always flaws in models that try to describe describe them um and what we don't understand must be a negative thing right <laughs> right like we can't we don't understand it therefore we can't control it and better abstain from it man let's better let's let's better i don't know yeah. <laughs> um rely on calculations right to calculate uh, how much you love that person <laughs> <laughs> give me a number what is the number yeah where is the love 42 <laughs> 40 <laughs> <laughs> out of oddly specific well uh up to you <laughs> have you uh, up to you okay i, I understood 42 um, no no for, 42 i said 42 oh, okay <laughs> right. oh you don't you don't you haven't seen hitchhiker's guide through the galaxy no i haven't what is that well the answer to everything is 42 okay good to know <laughs> good to know well okay spoiler um the reason i asked that is because to be honest looking at your notes about intuition before the start of this episode i was like okay i i had a feeling that you weren't such a big fan of intuition and when i saw your notes i was like okay he's probably gonna argue kind of against intuition and for more for system two thinking so i found it quite interesting when just a few minutes ago you were kind of saying yeah you like to think that you rely more on system two thinking that you're rational and analytical (laughs) and all of that but the reality is that let's say let's apply the 80 20 rule probably 80 percent of your days are automized and automized Mm. or automatized are automized automized (laughs) (laughs) one of one of those automized i think yeah automized okay Uh, are automized and pretty intuitive and probably 20 percent are spent really applying system probably not even man probably well okay well actually yes now again physics homework right (laughs) (laughs) Right. no um i see intuition as a very helpful thing because it 
it just just takes away so much stuff we have to process and gives us quick and uh, easy answers. Otherwise, I think my brain might be exploding, <laughs> having right. headaches all day, uh, like super sensory syndrome stuff. Uh, I, I feel like it's 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 good that intuition filters out what's what what might be useful in a certain situation. And as I said, it doesn't work in every situation, and you have to be careful, but. In regular environments, evolution has done a wonderful thing uh, to make us figure out what what good decisions might be. Yeah. Although I wouldn't agree with the part where you say in the regular environments. I, mm. I would say in regular environments, intuition probably applies 90 to 95% of the time. But... Yeah at least for me personally and as this kind of study suggested in psychology today is that mm. even in big decisions intuition can some quite a few times actually prove itself to be better than rational thinking and mm. again it's very biased what i'm saying right now but some of or most of the best decisions i've made in the last i don't know 10 years have been the result of just intuitive processes mm -hmm. for example i remember that's that's not the best example but i just see my phone here so i, I remember how i got the phone i have now and I, i've had that phone for like six years and it still works yeah. fine i remember when uh, my parents told me that i, I would be allowed to to get myself a smartphone for the first time. You know, I was researching like a madman, all types of different devices and all of that. And I was making lists and all of my criteria and blah, 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 all of that. I think I spent like two or three months just researching the best model at the best price. And when it came to actually going to the store and buying that model, I just stumbled upon the model I have now. And I was like, I don't know, for some reason, I I feel like that's the right phone. I just got that. And mm. I, again, it's quite a stupid example because it's a smartphone. <laughs> Whatever, but... No, it's, um, I, that's, I understand, I understand. Um, I have many similar experiences with big decisions that just last minute I decided to completely throw away any analysis I've made beforehand and just go with intuition because mm. for some reason I think I know... That's the best way, and obviously I'm biased because now in hindsight I can say, yeah, the decisions where I've decisions I've made intuitively and that worked out fine um, are this, are the result of my intuition, blah blah blah. But that's kind of my personal experience with it. So when it comes to a situation yeah. where I where my analysis, my rational thinking just doesn't seem to feel right, and for some reason my intuition feels more trustworthy, I will most of the time go with my intuition in the end, even though it might seem unreasonable. <laughs> well, the thing is, it actually is oftentimes very unreasonable what you're doing. Um, there, this, you, I'm not saying that it is in every case and you might very well have 
taken good decisions because of your intuition. Big good decisions. Um, the thing is, there is exact. That's actually a bias that uh, Daniel Kahneman talks about. I, I think know. I know. That's why um, I mentioned <laughs> that you take decisions based on your emotions about a thing, and in this case, you you think you have taken the best decision because you emotionally feel. Um, attached to your phone I mean that sounds wrong right now I know <laughs> but uh, you get what I mean um, and therefore you take your emotions about a thing as um, as a benchmark of how good that thing is actually like rationally and then okay obviously yeah you might you definitely feel already good about about your thing um so yeah why not why not take it <laughs> right i must disagree on that one you must disagree just yeah. because in my experience again it's very subjective and personal all of that but in my experience, when I made intuitive decisions, I almost never felt good. <laughs> I almost mm -hmm. always felt like this was stupid. Why why did I do that? Okay. But yeah. again, there's there's some part of me always that just a whisper, you know, that just assures me that it was the right decision. And only in hindsight mm -hmm. do I realize if it was right or not. I rarely feel I I like to pride myself in not making any decisions where I involve emotions unnecessarily. I mean, if it's an emotional decision and if if it's about, I don't know, my family and stuff, sure, emotions have to be involved. But Yeah, but you can, just as a short thing, you can, in this case, again, also consider your intuition as an emotion. Sure, it depends on the way you see it. But I, at least for me, I don't see intuition as an emotion it's mm -hmm. more of a i see it more of a of my subconscious brain working in the background and coming up with much better and more complex solutions than my conscious brain ever could and actually i now that i talk about it i remember mm -hmm. i started a course on coursera it's not sponsored mm -hmm. and wow, it was about <laughs> learning how to learn and Mm. and the professor kind of talked about how the difference between focused thinking and diffuse thinking focused thinking being when you really dive into a math problem and spend the next two hours trying to solve it and diffuse yep. thinking being when you just take a walk and just let your ideas flow freely and i'm sure you have experienced that when you mm. are in diffuse thinking mode usually you come up with the best ideas or you suddenly solve a problem that your focus thinking wasn't able to solve. And they basically argued that your focus thinking is plays a major role in your conscious brain and your diffuse thinking is kind of your subconscious brain working on itself. And mm -hmm. usually what they said is when, I mean, the professor was talking about, he was talking about himself and he was saying, usually when he comes up with, very complex answers to very complex problems it's not when he's in focus thinking mode it's rather when he's in diffuse thinking mode and he kind of just lets his subconscious brain come up with a solution and 
that's kind of how I see it. And that's certainly what it feels like to me. It's just the subconscious working in the background. And suddenly I have an insight. And I can't really explain where it comes from or what the argumentation is. But I just have a, yeah, a feeling that it's right. So yeah, there might be some emotion involved. But that's kind of mm. the way I see it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think you can also rationally take your intuition into account um when taking a decision in the sense of um you okay, let's say in the end you want to be happy with with that decision, right? And it already adds tremendously to your decision if you decide for your into uh, no it already adds tremendously to your happiness if you decide for your intuition because then you know man okay something deeper down in me also already agrees um and then taking that decision even if it's a worse phone if it's not the optimal phone that you said for example um might be the better decision because internally you feel aligned on taking that phone um, even though it doesn't have the best specs and isn't rationally the best phone, but taking your intuition into account leads it to be the best decision because in the end you're happier about it because you're judging everything by the standard of happiness, for example. Maybe that's... Yeah. Maybe that's part of the decision. I don't know. That does. Do you, do you agree on that? Uh, does that summarize or work on what you just said or hmm. okay yeah. <laughs> man it's complex it's early it, it in the morning <laughs> so i i partially agree with the part that some emotion or i might take my happiness as a how would you say I yes, might take like, uh, my levels of happiness and kind of try to to make my intuition responsible for my current levels of ha happiness because I took a mm. past I because I took my intuition to make a past decision that now led me to that level of happiness whatever. Um yeah, I yeah. I agree that that might be part of it, but at least to me personally that's very rarely the case. I don't think mm -hmm. Again, when it comes to making decisions generally, I I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty good at blocking every emotion or bias, hopefully, that might that might jeopardize my decision making. And yeah, you're thinking that <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling that mm. might be the case, mm. but I don't know, man. To me, it just really seems like when it comes to very complex matters or very big decisions, I've learned when I've, I, I think I've learned how to balance rational thinking and kind of the subconscious intuitive thinking, or let's say the focused mode and the fuse mode. I remember um, when the last mm -hmm. few days okay. I was giving a coding challenge <laughs> to, to, to solve an app to yeah. make basically and i was spending the last four days four to five hours per day trying to solve 
the errors and all of the things that just didn't seem to go according to plan. And every time I was like in focus mode and trying to solve the problem and spending two hours nonstop trying to find solutions on Stack Overflow and Google and YouTube from random Indian guys that posted a video 10 years ago. I That was rarely when I had my best insights. The best insights came to me when I was taking a break, going downstairs mm. to eat and then coming back. And that's usually when I had my cre most creative ideas and when I has had the best insights yeah. that ultimately led to the to I solving see, see. that problem. And yes. actually, one more point. Now that I talked okay. about creativity, there wasn't that article from Psychology Today that actually creativity, high levels of creativity have been linked to high levels of intuition. Or rather, mm -hmm. people listening to their intuition. And yeah, man, I certainly feel like I don't know. I don't think you can truly be creative and innovative if you just spend all your time thinking rationally and making yes. cost-benefit analyses. More often, <laughs> it's kind of a, a a random idea that pops into your head while you're running or you you're walking through the main train station and you see a couple i don't know whatever walking together and suddenly you have the idea for a dating app i have no idea stuff like that that just happens in an instance mm -hmm. and you can't really explain where it's coming from that's more valuable to me than any analysis i could ever make okay man yeah first of all definitely agree most of the greatest math problems and or physics problems have or not most but many have been solved uh that way on walks uh, through a park or something um the thing is again you might be quite biased because um okay I, I'm. I guess you'd you'd agree on that. Um, your intuition, also in your free time or in your how how did you call that uh, the diffuse thinking? Diffuse thinking, yeah. Diffuse thinking phase. Your intuition also comes up with a bunch of crap, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's know that let's solution that would guy. probably never work. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And therefore, it's not advisable to go with whatever intuition you have. You should still overthink, <laughs> overthink your decision or your yeah, intuition. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but I guess you can trust your intuition to an extent where you can say, "Okay, given enough time, my intuition comes up with a great idea." and I should take my intuition into into account. Uh, I should take my diffused thinking into account, um, which should, however, be combined with a system to analysis of, of of things. Because you should definitely ask yourself, okay, yeah, my intuition tells me now uh, I should invest. Um, I should invest into that stock and that stock or that company, but you should still ask yourself beforehand, man. Am I in a regular environment right now? I mean, yeah, obviously, great decisions can also be taken outside of gray, uh, of regular environments, uh, as we established. Um, but 
it doesn't hurt to ask yourself that question and to figure out, man, now actually we're like now in, in the COVID situation, nothing is sure right now that company might be failing uh, because some stupid, I don't know, Chinese regulations or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I guess I agree to, to, to come to a diplomatic end. I agree. <laughs> Your intuition come up, can come up with great ideas, um, which, however, doesn't mean you should not monitor it for different biases or uh, irregularities, which Daniel Kahneman basically proclaimed in his book. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. absolutely agree. It's it's important to find the balance, as I said, between kind of your mm. rational thinking and your intuitive thinking. However, I mean, oh, obviously, you make the decision. The, the discussion go on. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think we're we're no. soon gonna 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 end this. But I yeah. think again, you have to be aware that it's a very very personal thing. That whole mm. intuition versus conscious thinking spiel. And, yep. you know, some people may be more inclined, again, inclination, instinct, more inclined to thinking more rationally or, or not even more rationally, more analytically and spending more time in a focused thinking mode or in system two thinking. And yep. some people may be more inclined or used to listening more to their intuitive subconscious mind, let's say. And mm -hmm. I found that for me... And I'm not quite sure if that's right, but I'm just going to say it. I think if there were ever a decision where my rational analysis and my intuitive analysis are so far off each other, I think actually in some cases I would rather listen to my intuition because that mm -hmm. has kind of just proven itself over time in my life and I can I again I kind of have an intuitive feeling when to listen more to the intuitive side of things and when to listen more mm -hmm. of the more to the rational intuition side of about things about your intuition okay. exactly now we're going <laughs> levels Meta down level inception style right yeah uh, but yeah I'm I'm aware that many times my intuition can be full of biases and obviously mm. I'm human and I'm full of biases but yeah I think yeah. I I guess oftentimes it's just a question of efficiency. You can overthink it for another 10 days or you just go with. Absolutely. <laughs> I like to, when it comes to decision making generally, if I like to just make decisions and just act on them, if I know that, if I know that the most, the most terrible thing that could happen isn't actually terrible at all. You know, yeah. if it's, I, I don't like, I mean, I like optimizing for the future and I like making the most efficient and optimized decisions, but in certain situations, when it comes to just very fast paced environments, I don't like wasting time on that. And I just trust my intuition and go with that. And if it doesn't work, I make another decision and go with that. And if that doesn't work, I just go, <laughs> with another, you know? And then um, you get fired because you made 10 de bad decisions <laughs> in a row. <laughs> right. I mean, sure. Then I'm just going to go to another company and make bad 10 decisions oh, yeah. there. Well, That's how it goes. Well, awesome. <laughs> I guess 
I guess we should wrap this episode yeah. up. My We're intuition too tells far me into that's it enough. Again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was Man. a good one. Man. All right. Uh, what have what have we done? So we kind of tried to differentiate between instinct, gut feeling, and intuition. And it's kind of important to differentiate between those three. I'm not going to repeat the definitions. It's going to take too long. Um, mm. But yeah, it's important to differentiate between the two. And maybe to know that intuition is kind of the bridge between the conscious and unconscious. Or at least that's how many people mm. view it. And it can be very helpful to let your subconscious work on very complex problems that your conscious mind may have difficulties solving. And you yeah. just... What's your takeaway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my input would be um, that uh, bridge between unconscious and conscious um, could be considered as your system one and your fully conscious uh, thinking modes. That's uh, system two. And watch out when you trust system one because it can be very biased. There are countless of different biases out there um, where you shouldn't trust your intuition, your system one. Um, however, as we established intuition shouldn't be seen or system one shouldn't be seen completely as a as a uh, absurd irrational thing to do no actually oftentimes it saves saves us a bunch of uh, time it makes us more efficient um and more often than not we turn out happier <laughs> with with intuitive decisions as well as we we can see it as a very good source of of solutions that oftentimes really are very solid. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Solid, man. Right, man. All right. Great episode. I enjoyed it. And I obviously hope you, the people out there listening, enjoyed it as well. If so, feel free to leave a like and to follow us on Spotify and all the other platforms to leave a review, to tell your friends and family and pets and whatever. And we hope to... Teachers, professors. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and hope to see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.